Second wrong hotline. Ring, 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 ring. Banana phone. Are you drunk? Are you horny? Call the second wrong hotline. Ring, 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 ring. Banana phone. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. Brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly here. What's up there, Wackerly? <laughs> Not much. You, uh, you got that Oscar fever? You come down with a case of Oscar fever this weekend? Is that what that is? I don't know. I thought it was just a regular old rash. Yeah, I thought it was syphilis, actually. I was going to say something about it. No, it's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't have Oscar fever this year. Normally, I would be into the Oscars, but uh, I don't know if it's the general consensus, but the movies have been terrible. Who cares about the Oscars? I mean, do you really give a shit? I think it's fun to watch because I think the stars are so full of themselves. It's funny to, like, you know snark on their stupid speeches so i just i, I mean i kind of went off on this last week when we did the emmys or grammys or whatever the fuck it was but it's i kind of feel like it's like do we really need another celebrity wankathon every year do they need to need to be reaffirmed how of their greatness is that what, is that what we need to do <laughs> yeah they do they're very sensitive very sensitive. if we uh if we didn't if we stopped giving them you know praise and attention they'd stop making these fantastic movies like they've done this year and their narcissistic personality disorders would cause them to go insane. And then they'd shoot up <laughs> shopping malls. That's what would happen. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm underwhelmed. I'm underwhelmed by the nominees here for Best Picture. I, looking at them, what is it? It's uh, you got Imitation Game, you got uh, Birdman, uh, Birdman, American Sniper Selma. I don't remember the other ones, but it's a uh, whiplash. That was another one. Fox. I don't know if Foxcatcher's nominated, but there weren't, I wasn't that impressed by, there were some films that impressed me. The ones that have been selected as best picture nominees did not impress me. I forgot to pull the list up <laughs> so I have it in front of me, but no, none of the movies are any good. Well, I would say they're good. I mean, but they, but you know what it is? It's the they heavy, good. but it's the heavy <laughs> handed, it's the heavy handed Oscar bait, like Selma. Or, okay, well, we did an imitation game. That's going to have to win an Oscar because it's about Alan Turing and how he had to hide his homosexuality. It's like, really? Okay. Or American I heard, Sniper. I heard the gays were mad at that movie. Um, and I hope we didn't gays talk about Gays are always mad. Week. Because they felt that, I've read at least, that the gays felt that his homosexuality as presented in the movie was just more of like a gimmick, you know, like rather than you know, this is how people actually live and they're gay. Like in the movie, they made him out to just kind of like be a freak. I actually didn't watch the whole thing, so I don't even know what I'm talking about, but it was like, 
it was like almost like he was the elephant man because he was gay rather than just like that society was fucked up. Yeah, that's the thing. I think, and and I don't think they they were also upset that they uh, they hid his uh, homosexuality so much. It wasn't the focal point of the movie. Yeah, I actually I took a pot pill <laughs> just because I don't know why because I'm an idiot because I just thought hmm I haven't had any pot in a long time i wonder what that's like oh yes <laughs> it makes me crazy and it wasn't the gay thing i i had to turn it off because actually my wife kept watching it but i had to stop watching it and go lay in my bed it was the it was the autism thing how he was like you know he couldn't relate to people and i was all high and like you know You're started like, he's so damn annoying those autistic <laughs> no, it wasn't people it was annoying it was like getting into my head like yeah you don't understand people either it's well it's fucked up <laughs> That's the way you were internalizing Cumberbatch's autism. That's what weed does to me, and that's why I can't smoke it. I internalize everything, and it was, so I didn't even get to the gay parts. See, they, I, I don't even just, understand. Just rogering some dudes the whole movie. The they, part that I didn't see. No, it was downplayed, and that's what they were upset. Oh. Like he would get a male prostitute a couple times, and that was Who about doesn't? it. And then when, but I think what they wanted him to do is like a full-on Al Pacino cruising. Like here's Alan Turing going into the seedy homosexual underworld. Of London because that's where homosexuals have to live. And it's like, right. you know what though? Alan Turing wasn't only just a homosexual. I mean, he did other things, by the way. Yeah, he's a math magician. Yeah. And so, but yeah, I, I thought, but of those movies, I'd rather watch that than American Sniper. Yeah, American Sniper is pretty know? bad. I even like war movies. And even though, so I'm not even talking about just the Oscar bait, but like all the movies sucked this year. I, like what war movies do we get american sniper with the stupid fake babies and like him like his fucking harpy wife was half the movie and then uh and plus just the fact that it was bullshit how he's like shooting yeah. somebody's eye out from like 17 miles away like come on and now he's got ptsd did you see fury that sucked but that's not even nominated though no but i'm just saying in general movies of the whole year. This was a terrible year for movies. But, but there were good ones, though. And the good there ones are good overlooked, ones. like Nightcrawler. I loved Nightcrawler. Great movie. I, lo I loved uh, the other one you were just talking about. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians that was a good one. Obviously, they're not. They're never going to nominate a Marvel movie for No, I, I can understand that. that but that was an enjoyable sailed. movie. I don't think it should be a best picture, but it was yeah. an enjoyable movie. I liked Foxcatcher. I like Birdman. I thought that was a good movie. No, Birdman was terrible. I like Birdman, but I, oh my god, I, I like uh, the director. That, that but... is all, if I had to rank my worst movie of the year, at least you know one that actually was in theaters and didn't go straight to video, I would say Birdman. Out of all the movies, you like the Grand Budapest Hotel better than Birdman? I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, but you hate Wes Anderson. So <laughs> I don't matter. hate him. I feel I don't. I don't hate Wes Anderson. I do hate Tim uh, Burton a little bit. But and I feel that Wes Anderson is do, is going the Tim Burton route. He found a formula that works, and he just never deviates from it. It's every movie, every Wes Anderson movie is exactly the same. And I loved Rushmore, so I don't really need to see any of the other ones because they're just the same thing over and over. It's again, it's like a father figure and the son. I mean, I don't know what the fuck his dad did to him when he was growing up, Wes Anderson, but it was fucked up. Yeah, no, he's he he definitely has a, uh, a narrative a that he sticks to, and it's just. I don't know. Visually, I thought it was a cool movie. But once again, you're watching another Wes Anderson film. If I want to watch a movie, because people said that about Birdman, too. They just said, oh, this, the cinematography is amazing. But it, like, I don't want to go sit in a movie theater for two and a half hours just because like the cinematography is great. If you want to make like a short 15-minute film with a great cinematography, great. Awesome. Birdman's going to win because uh, Hollywood loves self-referential film. 
where they where they get to I be like not only there. do they love the praise of the masses but now they're getting to see a film about themselves and they can be <laughs> i mean not not acting as heroes but them in their real life are portrayed as the heroes as and the heroes last time this happened was uh chicago right fucking dumbass <laughs> musical and it just won everything because it's about like a theater troupe right on broadway or something well, the thing is, I love Inuritu. I think he's a great director, but he's done better movies than Birdman. Maurice Perro is a better movie than Birdman. 21 Grams is a better Perry, movie than Maurice Perro is, but I, I also have a problem with these, uh, where is he? Is he South American? No, he's Mexican. Spanish. Mexican. Oh, Central. North American. <laughs> no, he's, should, I think he's Central American. We should discount American. Mexico. It's part of North America. But, the, you know, the Latin directors kind of start to bug me too. You know why? Because the, it, it's the magical realism. I hate that shit. You hate magical realism in I any fucking movie. hate magical realism more than you can know. In novels, too, I hate it. Where it's like, you know, you're just reading a story and then all of a sudden the person's head turns into a butter, like a group flock of butterflies. Well, that's why you Fuck hate off. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton isn't really magical realism, though. He's just fantasy. Fantasy's not. I don't hate fantasy. I hate it when it's like, oh, we're going to tell a basic story. And then to move the plot along, like, you know, his dick turns into a snake. <laughs> or something like that or you know he's fl- oh he can fly all of a sudden well that's weird i thought you know what the fuck why can he i thought this is a realistic na- a narrative and now the dude's flying around this goddamn fantasy everything must be literal not, no and real from this like i said i liked gardens of the galaxy that's just straight up fantasy that's why you don't like your pop pills so, so exactly what- <laughs> i don't like my brain going into magical realism land yeah i couldn't even care less about the oscars i'm not gonna watch it I'll watch it. I'll I'll read about it the next day. But what I do care about, and I'm wondering if they're going to start making more films about this, how come they haven't made more movies about ISIS? How come they haven't sent uh, Liam Neeson? How come they haven't sent Liam Neeson over there to kick some ass on these ISIS people who are taking people? The only movie that's come across, Iron Man. Iron Man went over to Iraq and fought some uh, terrorists. But have you (laughs) noticed they haven't uh, focused on ISIS? Specifically, or are you just talking about Arab terrorism? Well, they it was a terroristic faction that Iron Man ended up going like. Remember, like they were oh, creating Iron Man. He got trapped in a cave. Got trapped and he had in to a build cave. An iron suit. Pulled an A team. Busted out of there. Ended up kicking some ass. But I'm saying that they actually focused on uh, Arabic terrorists, whereas most most of these movies, okay, they might might focus on the war, but no one's like going after ISIS, the international boogeyman. I don't think they've been... I mean, they haven't even been around for a full year yet. You just give them time. Did they get their name from Archer? Did you know that? <laughs> I don't watch Archer. You, ISIS is like the evil... I know a lot of people love uh, that show. But, um, well, I think Clooney will get in there. Didn't Clooney make a movie with with Cube? That, but that Kings was Three Kings. That was about the first Iraq war. <laughs> Didn't see it. <laughs> but he'll get in there. Clooney will make a very um, you know, thoughtful analysis of the root causes of ISIS. And all that bullshit. Well, I think ISIS. I want to see a. I want to see a movie like with Kurt Russell or Rowdy. Ra- is Rowdy Roddy Piper still alive? The poor man's Kurt Russell. Yeah, I don't know if that guy's still around, but. Uh, but either one of them, just they go like kick ISIS's ass. I well, that, see that. that's Liam Neeson does that now. That's what Liam Neeson does. He does it in a different style. I like him too. He's good. How about Statham? Statham can go over there. Vin Diesel. They, but anyone, you can send any of our I like Americans too. or your or Englishmen over there to go kick some ass because that's what happens. But uh, that's what I like about ISIS. And not that I'm like saying I'm a big ISIS supporter. I'm not an ISIS supporter. 
But the reason I do like ISIS is nice to have a defined enemy again, like the Cold War. Remember Russia? Like all the movies, those great films that came out during the 80s and the 70s about Russia. You know, uh, Red October, Hunt for Red October, um, Rocky Five. Like all those great movies that came out with they a well-defined foe. They should make another Rocky movie where his opponent is an ISIS boxer. Well, that's what I'm talking about with ISIS. <laughs> ISIS is getting to that point now where it's like ISIS is becoming, uh, there's like this, this mythos that's circulating about ISIS. These, these Sir, myths are perpetuating about them. International Boxing Commission rules say you cannot wear your turban in the ring. I must wear my turban in the ring. <laughs> and you just blow up the UFC. And then he blows up the ref. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I think that that's one of the dangers of fighting ISIS. You never know what the they might girl. do. <laughs> the ring girls in a full burqa. So uh, the new myth that I just recently read about, have you heard about the organ harvesting? This might no. not even be a myth. Like ISIS is the international boogeyman. So stories are circulating out about ISIS, circulating around about ISIS. But who, I mean, for, if you're going to do organ harvesting, you have to have a buyer. And who's going to buy who's going to buy like a kidney from ISIS? Well, this is what I'm saying. It's be like covered so with sand. This there is no conclusive evidence that ISIS is harvesting organs. One there one source somewhere out in Turkestan mentioned that, "Oh, okay, actually they're killing doctors and harvesting organs." How is ISIS harvesting organs? Wait, they're killing doctors and you, you got to keep the doctors alive to help you and enslave them in helping you uh, harvest the organs. Okay, so Iraq's ambassador to the UN, right there, credible source, he claimed that ISIS has been forcing doctors to harvest organs from the bodies right. of the people it's killed and then selling these organs in the black market. Um, well, that actually I, sounds like a point. They do have their shit together. That sounds like a solid plan. A dozen doctors have been killed in Mosul because they wouldn't take part in the Islamic State's trafficking scheme. This is a movie. This is Oscar bait right here. Um, if you were a doctor, would you do it? I mean, if the guy's already dead and they're like, cut that guy open and like preserve all that shit inside and put it in this ice, you know, cooler. I'd or like, they're going right. to burn me in a cage? Yeah, yeah I probably I'll would. Like, it's yeah. like, okay, what's the alternative here? Take a stand against it like an idiot. We are going to burn you in a cage and film it. Okay, you know what? I'm going to cut no, this guy No, but they're open. not even going to burn you in a cage. What they do is they point to the next doctor like, that guy is going to do it, and we're gonna, <laughs> you're going to be next <laughs> unless you do it. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That's why. So, but the, but there's so there's unconfirmed rumors. There's no actually you know conclusive evidence that they've been doing this. But ISIS has been removing and selling organs since uh, at least December. Hmm. So the surgeries take place in a hospital. You're sure they're not just feeding them to the camels? <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm saying. This is, listen, this. surgeries take place in a hospital, and then the organs are quickly transported through networks that specialize in trafficking human organs. On what? Camels? <clears throat> like, what are they doing? Are they riding camels with a, like a, a backpack full of livers? Hmm. I mean, kind like, of stole your camel thunder there with my little comment. <laughs> what does a camel eat? Does a camel eat like hay? I think they just eat sand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it, camels eat. That's why they're so pissed off all the time. They bite you, right? All right. Spit on you. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, they, they they have those. Um, I think they call them tacticals, which is like a shitty old Toyota truck that they mount a giant gun on the back. Yeah, but once again, how do they have the technology to transport human organs in a sterile environment? Like, well, I mean, sterile. You're, if you're buying an organ on a black market, you got to be kind of like, this is sterile, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you don't expect it to be covered in sand. It's like, you know, when, it's you like, buy, it's like when you buy cocaine. You're like, this isn't mostly baby laxative, is it? No, no, no. This is pure shit from Colombia, bro. Yeah, right. That's why I'm living on the toilet after I snort one. 
would you let's say you let's say you're steve jobs you need a liver let's say someone's like isis has a liver for you (laughs) super rich would you take it uh yeah if it's me or that guy and and the liver's already been cut out of him right I just I find it implausible that ISIS no, I don't believe it could have this network together. But th- but that's the thing though, myths start perpetuating. We're making an international boogeyman out of this organization, and some of the and people automatically well, I think are they like, are a boogeyman. Well, yeah, I mean they're doing awful things. They are burning they're, they're, people. They're burning in people. They're chopping. Uh, they're decapitating people on film. You know they um they they're doing it completely like flagrantly out in the open but, but you look, i'm looking at snopes right here and i'm looking at all these myths that's circulating about isis here is isis beheading children um did macklemore join isis is isis crushing babies for the parents who refers, refuse to convert to christianity it's like myths start circulating you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of the myths of my people the jews myths against your people well, the myths that circulate the about Jews. Of your people. The myths of your people are like that a lamp will stay lit for like a month or something. Well, the, okay, the, those are like our traditional myths. But I'm just saying the... <laughs> uh, really? I thought you were going to argue with me that it really happened. <laughs> the derogatory <laughs> myths about Jews. The way Jews are vilified throughout uh, throughout um, history. Well, all the, all the shit about babies and organ har- harvesting is like the blood libel, right? And that's against all the Jews, too. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's easy for, uh, you know, the international community to condemn a group of people once you start getting these stories circulating throughout the media. Not that ISIS is, is trying... I'm not trying to defend ISIS. They burn people. They're a horrible group. We have a worthy opponent here. We should film... We should send Liam Neeson over there to kick some ass. But I'm just saying that there's a... Um, you know, this is very similar to the uh, the damaging myths that are perpetuated about Jews. Like, uh, for example, one that Wackerly is very fond of bringing up almost any opportunity he gets. I'm not fond of it. It's just the truth. Do Orthodox Jews have marital relations through a hole in a sheet? Wackerly would say, yes, that's quite true. Happens Look, all the time. All the research that I've done says that that's how they do it. I'm looking right here on Snopes. That is false. That is false. Jews love to have sex. That's that's a tenet, a central through tenet. Through a hole in the sheet. <laughs> Not through a hole. They like to have sex. They like to enjoy sex with their wife. That's what that's what they do. The the hole in the sheet came from uh, from uh, I guess traditional like Hasidic weddings. There's a sheet that separates the men from the women, and children go through the hole. And I think people miss. Yeah, that's what that. I said. The now, okay, semen goes through the hole into the vagina, sex. and then it turns into a child. Um, when the when you <laughs> when a Jew Jewish pregnant lady's in the hospital, do they do they have to put the hole in the sheet like over her vag and the baby comes through it? Also, is that what you're saying? It happens only at weddings. That that's hmm. that's what it is. Um, there's 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 myths throughout time of, of Jews drinking the blood of Christians, Palestinian um, babies too. Palestinian babies and it's, and Arabs. I mean, Arab like Arabic uh, communities. They they're the ones circulating these myths because they hate Jews. So you know that's just part of there's it. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, white Christian men in in America that also hate Jews. There's <laughs> a the lot South, of people that it, it's it's an easy group to hate. You know, it's an easy group to uh, to to despise. So part of the thing is what got me what got me on this topic is uh, every I'd say almost almost maybe twice a month, twice a month I look at my Facebook page, I look at my Facebook inbox, and what do I see? The same article that's sent to me by some. Um, Wise cracker fan of ours. Some wise They're cracking acre. wise. Cracking wise here, thinking, oh, I gotta send this to D. I know this is gonna wind D up. And he sends me the picture this that the article about the Jews 
who uh, during the circumcision ritual are sucking the blood out of the infant's penis. Are you familiar with this? <laughs> oh, quite. So during the bris, the moil sucks the, the, the few, first few drops of blood out of the infant's penis. I get this article. So I mean, for the past two years, I probably get it at least once every two Only weeks. Only the first th- few drops. You don't want to suck the kid dry. <laughs> no, they, they, <laughs> they, they do. Yeah, desiccated they, they're not feeding off the blood, but they do, uh, do want to taste some uh, blood from an infant penis. That's, that's part of what Jews want. And it's usually because their pointed teeth can like, insert into the flesh of the penis and just suck the blood out. Well, that's why the teeth are pointed. That's why the teeth are pointed. For Evolutionary the uh, yeah. biology. <laughs> so every, every two weeks, I get this story from some Wiley fan, some fan who thinks they're going to wind me up, and uh, we're going to talk about it here on the show. Well, we're, you know, okay, we don't, we don't usually talk about it. We usually talk about it because I'm like, okay, really? Do I need another myth about Jews? Some damaging, disparaging myth about Jews, about my yeah. people to bring up? So I go to Snopes. I go to Snopes to finally disprove this this horrible damaging myth turns out wackily it's not a myth <laughs> this happens this is a this is a truth um, did you look up the hole in the sheet i looked up the hole i just looked up the <laughs> hole in the sheet that 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 is a myth that does not happen mm, it calls into question the accuracy of snopes in my mind <laughs> <laughs> that is that, that that is not proven that does not happen no but they're, Jews. They're, they are saying that it is a positive uh positively identified reality that the the whole sucking the, the oral the circumcision the penis and and the transfer of herpes right yes and then that's that's what i'm getting to so this is called mitzitsa bipe this is the ritual and uh <laughs> that's not even a real word oral suction i call that into question mitzitsa bipe mitzitsa bipe it's a it's a hebrew word um, it, it stands for oral suction. That's actually in the in the Talmud here. Oh, good. Is that on like towards the front, like the first couple pages, or is that buried in the back about oral suction on infant cock? I think I think it's in uh, chapter forty somewhere in is the back over there. But <laughs> is it a long <laughs> chapter that's all about this? It's a chapter that uh, a lot of Jews don't like to discuss in public. It doesn't um, even have pages, right? It's just a long, long scroll. Like, how do you how do you find a location? You're like, well, you go what seventeen feet down the scroll, and that's where it is. Seventeen feet, a couple inches. Now that's offensive. Um, well, that, no, the <laughs> Talmud's a book. The Talmud's a book. The Mishnah's a oh. book. The Talmud's an interpretation of the Torah. The Torah is the scrolls. Oh, so the Torah I thought all this shit was written before the invention of the page, and they just would just get a really long piece of paper and write everything and just keep going. I think the, roll it up. what the Talmud is, it's just the rabbis interpreting what the Torah is. So the rabbis are going through and saying, no, actually, this is what it means. We like to suck uh, infant penis. And so we're going to say mm-hmm. this is part of the ritual that, the, that God's saying we should do this. Got it. Um, but okay, a typical bris, this is what happens at a bris. This is what happened at my bris. There's a big party. My uh, father and mother, the rabbi invites all his friends over. Um, everyone's eating lox and bagels. Um, drinking Manischewitz, it's a it's a convivial atmosphere. Mm. You know, maybe they're um, playing some uh, the Fiddler on the Roof soundtrack. Everyone's mm. just kind of having a good time. And then uh, the rabbi's like, "Okay, it's time to say some prayers and let's uh, cut off little D's, baby D's foreskin." And so the moil comes out. He's got the scalpel ready. My dad, the rabbi, says a bunch of prayers. He snips off the uh, foreskin. Actually, I think he took a little too much off, if you ask me. But he snips off the top. The, the doctor's the there. They sterilize it. Done. Is the moil a rabbi? Is that a full-time job in itself? Just moil? 
I think a moil can be a, is usually a doctor that just does it on the side. Oh, that's, that's good. That's and you get paid. Man. I mean, you get you know a few hundred bucks for it's like being a DJ, but you're cutting off foreskins. Now, does your mother have like dialed into her phone like nine one just in just case? in case something happens? No, because the moil is usually a doc or there's a doctor there, and think how many Jewish doctors would be there anyway. Right. You know. Um. So anyway, that that's how it happens in typical Jewish communities. However, there's religious extremists like the Hasidic people the Hasidic people these are the guys in the black hats with the big beards they have different rituals they, well, they, they interpret it's the same the ritual they just take it to the extreme right? yeah so there now listen to this their ritual here is a four step process and they, they claim it's, uh, it's part of the Talmud so the scalpel's used to detach the foreskin then there's a blue bag which is a sterilizing pouch for the tools then they uh, they so they milaz the actual circumcision, then um, then there's a third. So there's three steps actually. So they they cut the circum they cut the thing off and they put the uh, they put the foreskin into a into a bag. They keep it in a little bag. It's a blue bag. It's what a if blue it's, bag. What if, the, what if the guy brings the bag and it's not blue? Do they have to like call it off? No, because well, I don't know if they have to call it off, but they, they you have to have the ritual right, or the, the kids are just going to grow up to be this uh, malcontent. You know, is this bag made of like a Smurf's scrotum? <laughs> I think so. I think it is. I think it's just made from dead Christian baby skin. Um, the third step is called Metzitza, and that's translated as suction. And this is one of the steps involved in the circumcision rite. The Talmud, they write that a moil who does not suck creates a danger and should be dismissed from the practice. So it's all about oral hygiene. So back in the day, they would seal the wound by sucking out a little bit of blood. Right. But now we have modern antiseptic techniques. You don't need to do that. But the, the Hasidic Jews are like, no, it's tradition. We have to suck baby penis. Like this is just a, we have to blow infants. So do the, the Hasids, if you don't do this, do they just think you're a big bitch who doesn't follow the rules? Yeah, they say, yeah, this is what the Hasids say. Proponents of, uh, of oral suction here maintain that there's no conclusive evidence that links herpes to mitzitza. Even though rabbis have herpes or moils have herpes on their lips, they touch a, a kid's penis, the kid gets herpes and dies. No connection. Uh, and they say attempts to limit this practice infringe on religious freedom. I mean, does anybody asking why all these rabbis have herpes? <laughs> Who knows? You get herpes from anything these days. <laughs> you know, On the mouth, though. You're sharing a bagel. You share, Don't you share take bagels. A, you take a bite There's of Shlomo's bagel. Next thing you know. I'm pretty sure the Talmud says not to share your bagel. <laughs> I mean, you could cut it in half and share it, but don't. And then you just eat. <laughs> I don't need to go into bagels, do I? So <laughs> whack, wackily, wackily. Where do you stop with religious freedom? Like is blowing infants religious freedom? Should that be a part of religious freedom? The right to blow It only violates, uh, well, no, they're sucking, suction. You get the difference there, right? Whatever, same thing. It only is, uh, it's only creepy if the kid comes. Sucking baby cocks. So sucking baby cocks cool unless the kid comes. Or gets hard. <laughs> yeah, but baby cock, babies do get boners, you know? I think we discussed that here on the show. Jesus, no, I don't know. How do you know? I've heard from so many mothers that uh, <laughs> babies get boners. Your, do I need to check your Google search history? <laughs> you never want to do directions. that. No, babies get boners. Yeah, and you you think when the when the moil the the rabbi over there is blowing the baby, he doesn't get a boner? It's wrong any way you cut it. A little bit embarrassing in front of the whole group, don't you think? Any way you want to you want to interpret this, it is it is wrong. 
it's a it's a well, travesty to me because i but these people have been doing it for thousands of years that and so it's become the norm you don't need to do this anymore though they do it they <laughs> no. started doing you it because of moral do, hygiene right? you don't even need to really be circumcising people right you know, it's it's not necessary. I can understand the circumcision because you don't want your kid to grow up with a heathen dog penis that frightens women. But that, but the thing here, you don't need to suck the blood out of it. You just put a Band-Aid on it, a little bit of hydrogen <laughs> peroxide or something. A Band-Aid. You know, I mean, it's... You know, so, it's... It, oh, annoying it is when you have like a cut on the tip of your finger because the Band-Aid doesn't really... Fit. cover over it yeah yeah and now you're talking about a little child's penis well, you put peroxide on it that's it that's what could sterilize it well, peroxide's good yeah but so yeah these uh eight kids eight eight infants in israel got herpes and suffered brain damage could you imagine if you grow up retarded and be like well my kid's retarded because the rabbi sucked his dick and he had herpes well because you're circumcised no no it wasn't the circumcision it was actually <laughs> something happened after and then a couple of new york city infants also died Does, do these moils have big beards yeah, they hide the cold sores. You can't see the cold sores because right. there's a big beard. That's right. But so instead of outlawing the practice, like the elder rabbis all got together and they, you know, the council of the sages, they all got together and like, you know what? This it's a little gross. It's a little gross, but it's tradition. Um, instead of outlawing, let's just say they got to suck it through a tube. So now they got to put a glass pipe, like a crack pipe, over the infant's penis and suck the blood out of a tube. Well, that's a lot better in my opinion. So I guess the, the point of me discussing this is, uh, you know, I, I really wanted this to be just a myth. I wanted this to be just an urban legend that circulated about Jews as being Jews are so weird because they suck baby cock. And I just mm -hmm. wanted this to be like, you know, like Hitler started this rumor. And that's why I started going around and then I could, uh, I could make fun of all the assholes that send me the story every, you know, two weeks. But now I'm like, okay, you know what? You're right. Jews are fucking weird. Jews suck baby cock. And, uh, you know, my people don't. Well, you know, my particular you people. Well, my particular sect of Judaism, Reformed Jews that I grew up as, don't tend to do this. Most Jews don't. But there are Jews who do. So, yes, Jews suck baby cock. There you go. That's what you wanted to hear, people. You can stop sending me the story now. I don't need to see it. It's been discussed here on Sick and Wrong. We've, we've moved on, okay? Maybe, Wackily, why don't you write an Oscar movie about sucking, uh, you know, a baby's penis and then growing up with brain damage because the rabbi had herpes? That would actually probably do pretty well. <laughs> we should, let's write a movie about that. I don't know what we should call it. Maybe call well, it... Uh, who am I going to get to produce this movie? Um, uh, <laughs> see what I'm getting with that? But I'm saying there's a lot of Jews. Let's do a Kickstarter. <laughs> Um, I, you know, I just, I just came up with the idea, so I haven't really... Why don't we just do a, why don't we do a reboot of the jazz singer, but as an, <laughs> just to make it a little darker, he's the jazz singer, he's a, whatever, a cantor, his dad's a cantor, but he wants to be a jazz singer, but in addition to having that problem, his dad doesn't want to be a jazz singer, he also is retarded from this <laughs> circumcision process. Okay, now I like where you're going with this. We're going to redo the jazz singer... With that, with not well, maybe we could have Neil Diamond. He's a little old for me. Neil Diamond can no, play the rabbi, but his son got brain damage from getting you know his penis sucked by a, a rabbi with herpes. Getting herpes, he's retarded. Advantage. But to overcome the obstacles to become a cantor, even though he's retarded, he uh, that's what the story is. He overcomes adversity and becomes a cantor. And maybe he's not a good one because he's retarded, but he still can do it. No, he's going to be good. Yeah, how can he be good? He's retarded. He's got brain damage. I don't uh, limit people. 
I, I, I like place, this. I don't place artificial limitations on people. I like where you're going. Now, that is Oscar bait. We, we can see if that will win. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, people, this is episode 471 here of Sick and Wrong. You know the way the show works. Send your stories. We discuss them here on the show. Um, you can send your stories to com or submit them via Facebook. Uh, we got some good ones here for this week, episode 471. Before we get to our first stories, here's a word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. It's butt plug month on adamandeve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. Brackley, I think we got a theme going here with uh, the first story. So we were talking about Jews earlier during the intro. Yeah. Um, but I got this story here sent in from Jacob, who's probably a Jew. He says, uh, did the rabbi do this? So I think he's talking about my dad. You know what? The rabbi didn't, although that would be great if my dad did have a, uh, a team of like mobster Jews. There was a period. You watched Boardwalk Empire, right? Most of it, yeah. Then I lost interest. Well, there was a period when Jews were actually fearsome and kind of tough, and they had like mobster Jews, like Bugsy Siegel, like Mickey Cohen, Meyer Lansky. They were like some uh, fearsome, intimidating mobster Jews. And then over time, we just kind of started owning Hollywood and becoming like Wall Street executives. But but there was a time when we used to like be mobsters. And so this kind of harkens back to uh, that, that day of Jews being intimidating. But this is interesting, too, because it discusses the ritual of divorce amongst very uh, devout Jews. All right. You know what the theme of this show should be? Jews are weird. My story has nothing to do with that, though. So, well, we can maybe it's not tie going it. to be the theme. Well, maybe during this story, you can think of how to tie it in to it. Does it have anything to do with Jews at all? I mean, you could just say one of these people is Jewish, but it would be a lie. And we never lie here on the show, ever, <laughs> ever. That's <laughs> goes against all the virtues of podcasting. All right, so trial starts for Rabbi, who allegedly ran divorce kidnap team. Uh, before prosecutors described Rabbi Mendel Epstein as a leader in a devout Orthodox community, they played a short, grainy video clip showing him to be a criminal. Isn't that a great name for a rabbi? Yeah, I mean, like, be more of a stereotype, please. <laughs> Rabbi Mendel Epstein. There's no way you could read that name and be like, even if he just went by, you know, Mendel, Mendel Epstein, you would, you'd be like, okay, you are Jewish. You're very Jewish. It's like Hyman Goldberg. Maybe go Goldberg. by Del, and they would think that he was like, uh, you know, a 60s black or like a 60s black group. Like Del Shannon. Like a lot of the Dells, yeah, Del yeah. Shannon, the uh, Dells. But, but, I mean, there's certain Jewish names. Delphonics. There are certain Jewish names that are there. It's just so obviously, like, overtly Jewish. Like, Hyman. Hyman Goldberg. Shlomo. Right. Well, Mendel was a Christian monk, right? The guy with the... He was really concerned with peas. <laughs> like, oh, dude, yeah. Then, shut up about the fucking peas. <laughs> oh, this one's this one's yellow and this one's green. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Great. I don't, I don't really care. But that, that's a German. That's a German. It's amazing. Surname. No, it's not amazing. It's just fucking peas. 
Um, opening statements began Wednesday in the trial of Epstein and his three co-defendants. His son, David Did he Epstein. Did a Jewish lawyer? I'm sure. Um, <laughs> listen listen no. to these Jewish names. His son, David Epstein. Jay Goldstein. That's a decent name. It's very Jay Jewish, Goldstein. though. Jay Goldstein. And this one's Benjamin Stimler. <laughs> <laughs> we have a winner. Uh, Mendel Epstein is accused of employing a kidnapped team to force unwilling Jewish husbands to divorce their wives. He faces charges of conspiracy to commit kidnapping and attempted kidnapping. Mm. However, the defense attorney is disputing the charges, and he's portraying Mendel Epstein as a champion of women's rights. Said this is not a band of criminals extorting men for money or beating them for money. He said what it is, it's, it's arguing that a Jewish law allows recalcitrant husbands to be forced to give a divorce document known as a get. So have you ever heard of this, a get? Yeah, because it's in that movie. What movie? Uh, a Simple Man, an order, it was the Coen Brothers movie, An Ordinary Man, about oh, the guy, about the about that. Guy. Yeah, you're right about that. that they talked about the, uh, the None Jewish of these titles council. that I'm saying is the actual title, but they're close. It's, it's called something like that, A Simple Man or something. I forgot about that movie. It's a good yeah, movie. It's a good movie. So in uh, Orthodox communities and like really strict about Jewish communities, you can't just go to a, get a lawyer and get a divorce. You can't. You have to go to the Jewish like council of rabbis and you, you have to get them to grant you a get. And both parties, husband and wife, have to agree to the get. And then you're allowed to get a divorce. Okay. So if the husband wanted a divorce and the wife didn't, she could also prevent it? Or is it mostly go one way? I think it's mostly one way. And I think usually what happens in Patriarchal. a lot of, a lot of what, ha- what typically happens in the situation is like the, the husbands are abusive and the wife's like, you know, I'm not getting enough sex or he's not buying me enough Prada purses. And so then they go over there and then they complain to the rabbis and the rabbi's like, oh, you got to get a get. And then the husband's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. What happens if they don't? What happens if they're just like, well, California law allows me to just to get a divorce from you because I think you're an asshole. And then she just does it. And then she just can't go to church anymore. Seems yeah, like a win-win. You're sh- well, yeah, but you'd be shunned. You'd be ostracized from the Jewish community. Which you like, well, you mean I have to sleep in on Sunday and like maybe go get some like eggs Benedict I can with eat, ham on it? By I the way, I could eat bacon now. It's like right. sweet. You know, like yeah, around I don't, eleven, I don't, just roll out of bed, get some coffee, some ham and eggs. I don't think it works like that. It's terrible. No, and but instead these people are already like, uh, you know, they're so brainwashed. It's like they've been living in this immersed in in uh, religious extremism for so mm. long that they, I don't even yeah. think they even think about ever eating bacon. It's like God will cut your breasts off if you do that. <laughs> vengeful God. Oh yeah, the vengeful God. I forgot about that. Uh, prosecutors allege the Orthodox rabbi's team used brutal methods and tools, including handcuffs and electric cattle prods. To torture the men into granting divorces. So they would bring surgical Who's, blades. Who, 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 what is the guy who's holding out, right? <laughs> like, they bring, like, a pair of pliers. You're like, fine, I'll divorce her, Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's what I don't get. It. It's like, I mean, do you think part of it's like they don't want to divorce and give, give away half their shit? Because Jews, oh, yeah, that is probably it, right? I mean, it's just like, really? You know, this is a, Jews are so, you know, so stereotypically cheap. It's like, now i got to mm. give away half my belongings never gonna mm. happen you're not gonna take my chocolate coins woman i mean i guess there's the possibility that like it's a really hot jewish wife and he just looks like a troll and somehow he convinced her to marry him a long time ago convinced her he knows with that, that if she goes, you know, she's gonna go get some much hotter jew guy and he's never gonna find anybody that good 
It's probably the money thing. <laughs> it could be, or it could be, you know, it's like that. Yeah, he's like a, you know, a um, obstetrician worth like you know millions and millions of dollars, and it's like mm-hmm. now I got to give half of my my earnings, half of my worth True. to uh, my wife, ungrateful woman. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a patriarchal society. They they don't want to do it. It's whatever the husband says. So the kidnap team. But I'm not, my point is, I'm not going to be like hanging by a coat hanger, getting cattle prodded and still saying no. I, I wouldn't do that anyway. I would be like, really? Okay, if it's that, if she's that serious about it, fuck it, I'll sign the thing. Uh, the kidnap team would bring surgical blades, a screwdriver and a rope, and then abduct the people, hang them up and torture them. I uh, hear Epstein's describing how the cattle prods are used. We should, we should probably, I should probably say this in a Jewish accent because the guy's got to have one of those stereotypical Jewish voices. If the cattle prod can get a bull that weighs five tons to move, you put it in certain parts of his body, and in one minute, that guy will know. Oh, they're inserting it? Yeah, I think Jesus. they're inserting it in his dick. Or his um, butthole. In his butthole. Uh, Epstein told two undercover FBI agents this, uh, posing as a brother and sister, trying to force the sister's husband to grant a divorce. So, see, now, this has got a movie written all over it. Uh, Gribgo said he was recorded telling agents the effort would cost $60,000. So sixty grand for them to persuade the husband through their torture techniques to uh, grant a divorce to the wife. Hmm. How much is a divorce lawyer? Expensive, I think. I think it depends how much money you're talking about splitting up. Which is my question for these guys, how much they charge. Or did you already say that? Sixty grand, $60,000. Oh, yeah, see? So if you have, if you have a recalcitrant husband and they're just like okay it's gonna cost sixty grand, you think and just if plan you, it out? once the divorce goes through, you're gonna get a million bucks or more. Then who cares about sixty thousand? That that's the thing. It's like I think these guys are worth a ton of money. It's like they own all these jewelry yeah. shops. Yeah, it's not it's some like, broke dick family that wants to get a divorce. These are only like women whose husbands, like you said, are uh, pharmacists, diamond or, brokers. You know, diamond it's like, broker. Yeah, it's like the Rubensteins who own Rubenstein diamonds. It's like the guy's worth like a billion dollars, and it's yeah, like, no, nah, I'm not going to give that divorce to you. Sorry. No. And. Uh, but yeah, and that's what this guy does. By the is, way, I am going to have this hot mitch, mistress, though, <laughs> fucking outside. <laughs> that's a win-win for me. So uh, the rabbi here, um, Epstein, Mendel Epstein, wrote a book in 1989 called A Woman's Guide to the Get Process. And it's a, it's a whole guide on how to get a get. I don't know if he mentions the cattle prod, but it might be somewhere <laughs> in there, like back in the latter chapters. There's a phone number you have to call at the end. <laughs> None of these methods work for you. <laughs> Um, the defense attorney argued that Epstein's just really simply good at advocating for women, that his reputation is that he can convince these husbands to go give their wives a get. He didn't dispute that some laws may have been broken along the way, but that doesn't mean kidnapping. I'm sure he just kind of like whines like Jerry Seinfeld. Why wouldn't you get a get? What do you got to come on? Why are you not going to get a get? Come on. <laughs> Everybody's it's getting 2015. gets now. <laughs> Who doesn't get a get in 2015? I don't know. Come on. Why wouldn't you get a get? And what is with these divorce proceedings? <laughs> I don't know. But but I wonder, I love how the defense attorney is like, okay, a couple laws here and there broken along the way. But they're not using cattle prods. You no, know, when you're making omelets, yeah. some eggshells <laughs> will be broken. Um, one of their main, uh, the, uh, 
uh, one of the, one of the main witnesses here is David Wax, who was an associate of Mr. Epstein, and that's what prosecutors are using him as a witness. Wax is cooperating with prosecutors after he pled guilty to conspiracy to commit kidnapping, in which he was paid a hundred thousand dollars to force a Jewish man to divorce his wife using a cattle prod. So, um, yeah, I just like this uh, this whole idea of this. Uh, this rogue team of rabbis, rabbi, rabbi and his sons that just go the out. The J team. And, yeah, the J team. Just go out and uh, torture Jewish men into getting divorces. <laughs> was, there, was there a black one with a mohawk? The J team, yeah. I don't know. A yeah, converted the, motherfucker. The, the one Ethiopian Jew, yeah. I take it that the Hasids don't take kindly to the blacks, right? Probably no, I mean, racist. I wonder if uh, there's Ethiopian Jews. I mean, if there's an Ethiopian Jew, I think they're like, okay, okay. we know he's... As long as he's circumcised. <laughs> I bet you they are. So, uh, in answer to your question, no, my father never did that. Uh, although, yeah, I, that would have been great, though, if my dad's just like, hey, David, you know, I want you to come on, come on with me. Help You'd me probably out be one work. of those kids with a trust fund if your dad was into that. Yeah, I know. I, I know, almost wish he was into all that. All that money from all the $60,000 times whatever, and then invested in a low-cost index fund. Put it this way, if my dad had a extortion scheme like this, I wouldn't still be paying college loans at age 40. <laughs> Moving on, what do you have here for the second story? Well, these two Jews... No, just kidding. Uh, it's sent from Eric... That's all we got. So any Eric out there who listens, who wants a care package, just says it, say it was you. Um, although D probably has the email, so he could track it back. And I um, will, believe me. <laughs> Glendale, Oregon. Not to be confused with Glendale, California. Uh, there's a, a, a woman named Amanda Hancock, and she's a cam whore. This is a good name for a, a cam whore, Hancock. But not a very Jewish name. I'm thinking she's not Jewish. She also has a boyfriend whose name is Stephen Williams Jr., and he's 27. She's 22. And uh, they had a baby. <laughs> I don't know if they fucked on cam to conceive this baby, but it's po- quite possible. Is that a, a porn genre where, like, you know, they watch a couple fuck and then, like, over time? Nine they, months later? Yeah, but they show her, like, growing, and then it's like it's pregnancy porn i don't know <laughs> maybe it's a maybe it's an area that needs to be explored well i know there's prego porn out there where guys are into looking at big prego women right but you're talking more about a long-term commitment that you're like i'm you're gonna keep watching the same girl for nine months and like the the expectant father comes out with the ultrasounds like look she really is pregnant you can see the hand <laughs> they just have a home <laughs> on ultrasound machine i think those things are pretty expensive <laughs> You can fake it's, it though. Yeah, well, well that's why it's like, you know, it's a ruse. It's porn. It's fantasy. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> they, they named their kid Data. <laughs> really? They named their kid Data. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I assume they're Star Trek Next Generation fans. <laughs> Where is Glendale, Oregon? Is it like near Portland or Eugene or way out in the stick somewhere? I, I'm thinking way out in the sticks somewhere because these people have to be inbred to name their kid Data. I could see somebody naming their kid Data in the 90s, but these kids are, like I said, 22 and 27, and it's 2015. 
And the Star Trek is still popular. I mean, can't the you next still watch generation? Next Generation? Yeah, you can still watch that. Deep Space Nine. Cam whores? <laughs> There's a lot of... The Venn diagram is... You know, the overlap is getting <laughs> smaller and smaller. But they would be really... Uh, what I'm trying to say, I guess, Some is buried maybe they're here. not even maybe they're not even next generation fans, which is hilarious if you name your kid Data, and then you know you're parading the kid around as parents do, and they're like, "This is Data, our child," and somebody's like, "Oh yeah, I love the next generation," and they're like, "Huh?" <laughs> you're like, "Oh, you know your child Data, like the fucking robot." Do you think though, if the kid was named Data and then actually ended up growing up to be autistic, it would be like, oh, "Okay, well, actually, it's kind of a fitting name." You know, it works. Right? He's really into numbers. Is that what you're getting at? Well, you know, or he just is, is devoid of feelings. It's kind of like, a, oh, right, like the robot. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's like sure. the characteristics of a robot. Well, the kid's dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... All right. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll never find that out. Now, will no. we? He probably has a little headstone somewhere that says data. Um, uh, the medics were called on January 22nd of this year. This just happened. Um, and they're on trial right now. And an ambulance and sheriff's deputy responded to the call. Uh, report of an infant in distress. Which must just be terrible if you're a ambulance driver. Yeah, that's got to be the worst 911 call. It's like, right. Really? Dead baby? You got to awesome. get like the little tiny defibrillators out of the car. They're hard to hold. Just have your two, you know, your index finger and your thumb to gr- grasp it. The worst part is you probably have to get like a you know, the mini trash bag if the kid dies. Oh, you mean with the zipper, the body bag? Yeah, but it's a little mini one. That's the right. worst one. That's the worst one to use. You don't think they just put them in the full size one and let them like flop around in there? No, I'm just saying there's too there's too much space in there. They got to have something. <laughs> or small you could about. use the full size one and put them in there, and then like use a chip clip to like <laughs> tighten up the excess bag they probably do that actually hmm. my wife's brother used to be an emt i can ask him what they do when a baby dies yeah if they use the normal size body bag the worst is the baby coffin like that's got to be depressing in <laughs> the baby Wait, coffin well, we've all seen that well, yeah, but I'm just saying it's like if you have a bunch of baby coffins in a room, no one's going to be like, wow, this is awesome. Let's have a party. Why would you have a bunch in the room? Because you're getting like a bulk deal on the funeral. Or you're like some really gothic person. You're like, I collect baby coffins. Oh, well, that type of person would like it, though. Yeah, but other people visiting the house would be like, you're creepy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> the medics got there and they declared the child dead on the scene. So wasn't uh, there wasn't mm-hmm. too much suspense involved. Bust and, out the baby uh, coffin. But then the, uh, the investigations start. So if you have a baby who dies, as we all know, they got to figure out what happened. Call out Columbo. Columbo, yeah. He, that's, that was a... didn't do a lot of episodes where he was investigating Dead babies. Death. But he could have. Yeah. He could have, yeah. He's pretty I would get Mulders and Scully on it to find out if there's some extraterrestrial behavior going on here. Well, like if the baby got possessed by an alien being. You never know. Um, according to a sworn affidavit filed by investigators in the case, the parents told authorities that they did feed the child milk multiple times per day, but they didn't, admitted that they did not provide adequate care because they think that the baby starved to death. And uh, How old was Williams, this baby? It was seven weeks old. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. Should they be feeding it breast milk? Well, there's a lot of controversy there. Do you want to get a lot of hate mail? <laughs> <laughs> Formula. You're not just supposed to feed it like the fucking 2% milk that you get at the... Not even the whole milk isn't good enough for a baby. 
Wendy's Frosties. I've been led to believe. (laughs) I think those are too cold for a child. Um, So they admitted that they did not provide adequate care. Who knows what that means, right? Stephen Williams, uh, like the dad, I don't think they're married though. um, He told the investigators that he noticed the child had lost weight. He said he didn't call a doctor because that was Hancock's responsibility. I know. Talk about a patriarch. I take out the garbage. You take the baby to the doctor. You know, I go and hunt. You're the uh, provider. You know, you're the gatherer here. Like, you go and take care of the family. They both admitted there was no prenatal care. So she's just pregnant. They never go see a doctor. They didn't do the ultrasound, I guess. Uh, and they didn't go to any doctor's appointments after the, the the baby was born either, which, you know, speaks to this whole, uh, the whole uh, vaccination brouhaha that's going on right now. Like, clearly they weren't getting the kid the vaccinations. Although I think when they're seven weeks old, they don't get the vaccinations. Hey, now, here are some unfit parents. Like, really? Like, uh, where were they planning to have, where did she have the baby? Did she have the baby at the hospital? Probably. I don't think they just like did the like plop it out in your living room. Thing. They get a midwife just, or something. You just go. I mean, I wonder, I, I'd like to talk to like an emergency room doctor. Like how many emergency, you know, emergency room visits are, or how many times does this happen in an emergency room where somebody just comes in and they're pregnant and they say, well, I'm about to have this baby. And you're like, well, where's your, where's Bill Cosby? Who's your pediatrician? Like we'll call them. And they're like, oh, we don't have one. Well, imagine it happens. Who's doing your prenatal care? What? We don't, we didn't do anything like that. Yeah, but doesn't it happen with those women who are so obese that they didn't even know they were pregnant? That's a whole nother cat. Yeah, but they just shit the baby out in the toilet or something. I think that happens a lot. I'm not even talking about that. But what about people who know full well that they're pregnant, but they just decided that like they were just going to ride it out. And they just, we don't have benefits. So yeah, I'm not going to really bother bother with it. I think even if you don't have insurance, there's lots of programs where you can be like, look, I'm pregnant. I need to like, you know, get my shit right. I'm thinking these two people smoked a lot of marijuana. Too lazy to go to the doctor. They kind of have meth faces. Yeah. I was looking at them. They both have meth face. And I'm sure that baby. They also both have super jughead ears. So, you know, the kid. The, really the baby's going to be born misshapen and probably retarded. So if you ask me, I, oh, I, think, the kid, it was. I, yeah, I think the kid was lucky here. Well, here's the punchline. It's not much of a punchline, but she was a cam whore. And uh, well, one of her specialties was she went on cam and she would self-lactate for money and lactate into something other than bottles. So <laughs> Like what? The, whatever. You know, Just a foot. It, but I mean, do guys go to these cam rooms and like, hey, I want to see you lactate. Can you lactate on uh, yeah, lactating, that lactatinghoneys.com? Yeah. That's, wow. Now that's a weird fetish. That's so she a spilled, weird thing. She spilled to her mother's milk upon the ground for base profits instead of feeding her child. That's what wow. you're supposed to get so all worked up about. saved up. She saved up the breast milk and just sprayed it on the ground or whatever for these perverts instead right. of feeding her own child. Yes. That's terrible. I still like, uh, you know, Stephen, Stephen Williams Jr., who's 27 years old, just being like, I don't do that. <laughs> I mow the lawn. I wash the dishes. It's mother's work. I don't take care of the baby. So is Stephen the director of these uh, cam whore videos? <laughs> like, is he the one filming it with the handheld? I mean, if you've ever seen a cam whore, I think it's pretty much self-directed. I do find it funny when a cam whore does bring her boyfriend on, like, to have sex, and the guy's always just like... Yeah. I don't know if I'm really into this, but I guess if we're going to have sex, I might as well make some money. 
Who's so th- this is a whole genre here though, the pregnant porn and the uh, the lactation porn. Do you know anybody that's into this? Yeah, we have a common friend who's into it. He's not into looking at the breast. I think he's just into pregnant women with big titties. I don't think he's into like the breast milk being sprayed on objects. Hmm. Maybe, yeah, I, I guess maybe. I don't. I don't know anybody who's really, and even he's not. I don't think really. He's not like obsessed with it or anything. No, I'm. You know what? Uh, the guy you're talking about. I used to work with with him actually back in the strip club days, and we had a uh, the one of the house moms. She wasn't a stripper, but she's super hot. Actually, she got pregnant. And I gotta say, I'm not What's attracted. Wrong? She, didn't have, she didn't have adequate dance moves. <laughs> she has never worked as a stripper. She's like, she's, I'll I'll work in a strip club, and right. I'm really hot. But I'm not going to get naked. But I'm not going to get up there and dance. Okay. It would have been great because she was super hot. But, but anyway, uh, she got pregnant. And I remember, like, I'm, I'm just not attracted to pregnant women. I think the whole idea is just unnerving. Like, it's just, they creep me out. It just it freaks me out, pregnant women. Yeah, you're, like, scared of vaginas like a gay man. I'm not scared of vaginas. I'm just saying pregnant women, the baby can <laughs> drop at any time. I'd have to do something. Not, not I, really. It can't happen, especially when they're, like, dude, we talked about this on the show. They, they're eight months pregnant, still going to work. It looks like they're about to explode. The chest burster is going to rip out. And here I am in an elevator that could get stuck. She could go into labor. And now I got to, like, deliver a baby. Not down with that. I'd be traumatized. Oh, yeah. Or the worst is, uh, what if you accidentally, like, you know, you're coming out of the out of the d- hallway and you open up the door and smack into her stomach. Next thing you know, she has an abortion. You know, she loses the baby because of you. What, could you imagine? Car accident. You hit a I woman. I can't imagine. <laughs> now, I'm just saying, like, pregnant women creep me out. Not because I'm scared of vaginas, but just I'm mm-hmm. scared of circumstances. They, how they're functioning. They're carrying. Their functionality. They're carrying, like, a, you know, a, a, a human being, an embryo inside of them. It's weird. Um, but anyway, just with the porn, like the porn just freaks me out. It's like, I'm just, I don't want to see that. Your swollen abdomen with like some kind of living organism inside of it. It's just fucking weird. Like where, where do you, where do you, where does that come from where you get off on that? It's just strange. Um, but anyway, this, this, this one was actually kind of hot. And so I remember sitting there having a discussion. We got super stoned. He's like, do you ever look at pregnant porn? I'm like, really? I, I thought he was joking with me. But no, he's actually really into it. Like the dude's into looking at pregnant chicks, naked pregnant chicks. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting. Yeah, but do you find it arousing? Like, would you ever go and do a, a keyword search for pregnant porn? No, but if it scrolled past. <laughs> but I think there's dudes though During that like browsings. seeing the big titties. They like seeing the, the pregnant swollen abdomen or whatever, bellies. But I think there's a whole other genre. It's like, now I want to see you just squirt breast milk all over things. That's creepy. That's even creepier than the pregnancy fetish. It's related, but not the same, yeah. But it's, it's a weird genre of porn that uh, I just don't quite understand. But the fact that this woman would uh, <laughs> just like waste her... I, I thought they'd just keep pumping breast milk. Don't they pump some out for the kid? Just leave some I think on- this point is being made in all these articles to get people riled up and make clickbait. Because, you know, you can feed your child formula doesn't need to come from your breast Can and then they're like like i was saying there's all this controversy and whether it's better or not better and people who don't breastfeed they're terrible mothers but then mothers who can't breastfeed thinking like who are you to judge me all that kind of stuff so what happens do they both get charged with like i guess murder like life imprisonment because of this uh it doesn't say i think the trial just started so um you know neglect yeah manslaughter I think they'd have to, I mean, it says that they, uh, 
you know, they were concerned. So it's not like willful abandonment or anything like that. It was just like, they are just shitty parents. Yeah. So I'll probably get a few years, go have another kid. Great. No, oh, they'll definitely have another kid. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> So we, that's what we need. Another Rhodes Scholar here coming out of right. Glendale, they can't, Oregon. They can't, it's, it's like, you know, they could probably afford condoms, but they want to have sex. And it's like, eh, we forgot to get some. And so they just do it and get knocked up. It's these wow. kind of people. Yeah, I know. I know it sounds like some kind of Gestapo tactic, but forced sterilization sometimes. Like, uh, it just seems like it's a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Okay, Hitler. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I'm not. You know, I'm not trying to say like if, if ISIS started doing that, I'd be like, okay, you, you know, you're forcing you to pass like some kind of intelligence exam, and if you don't, if you don't pass, then uh, we give you a vasectomy. You can still fuck as much as you want, but you're just not going to breed. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's that bad of an idea. I don't think it's a bad idea either. So the problem is that intelligent people don't want to have any kids, so the population would dwindle. Well, yeah, but then. <laughs> or is it a pretty easy intelligence test? <laughs> Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't think these, I don't think these two uh, winners here would pass the intelligence test. I think drugs should be legalized, but to be able to get the drugs, you need to have a vasectomy or whatever sterilization. So you're saying, like, all, so you'd sterilize all the tweakers? Yeah. Like, look, dude, you can go and buy meth or heroin or whatever crack at the drugstore, the literal drugstore. Uh, you just have to show your card and to get the card, you need to uh, show that you're, uh, you got snipped. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause all me. these people will be like, Oh yeah, I'm totally getting snipped. Drug addicts. <laughs> and right? that's the thing. It's like, now I get free drugs. Don't have to worry about robbing people. You know, yeah. I can uh, save my money that I use for begging to, to get a hotel room. Yeah. The people who are anti-drug legalization, they're always just like, what about human potential? <laughs> it's like, what the fuck I, are you I, talking yeah, about? Yeah, I think uh, that was lost years ago. <laughs> These people have no potential. Look at them. Yeah, their parents are lac- doing lactation porn for uh, What about for the perverts. innocent bystanders? Bystanders. <laughs> bystanders. <laughs> you know. Do you think these people's families are like cool with them now? Yeah, do you think there's a trust fund there? I doubt yeah. it. Um, anyway, people send your stories, stick around podcast, hotmail.com. Got a few phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. Uh, before we get to our first call, let's uh, hear another word from our sponsor. What do you do when you're at a family reunion or Thanksgiving you got a raging boner that won't go away and you're considering fucking your grandmother? You go to Adam and Eve, of course. You buy a jerk-off sleeve, you know, build a pocket pussy, something of that nature. So you can go in the bathroom and just take care of that raging boner before you have to bend over your grandma at the table and just fuck her. So go to adamandeve.com and type in the code diddle. D-I-D-D-L-E That's what Grandpa used to do to your dad. Talk to you later. Bye. So we got a few phone calls here to the Sickerong Hotline. Uh, the first one is a uh, call talking of discussing uh, a show that I used to love, Wackerly. Used to love this show, this program. It's a fine program that died way before its time. Hey, Sick and Wrong. This is Stiffy from Maine. 
Yeah, that's my nickname. Long story. Don't ask. Just listening to the uh, From the Veil podcast, and they were talking about spring break, so I decided to Google him. Apparently, he died on January 13th of 2015. Very odd, since I was looking at this on the 16th. Oh, that's all I have to say. I'm going to pull a wackily on you. Did you get that? I'm going to pull a wackily? No. no, I didn't get it. Remember uh, Steele? He kind of stopped talking about that. Uh, but you, oh. when he first met you and you refused to say goodbye, you just kind of right in the car. Yeah, and... they come with it, it, Steele and Martin, especially Steele, wanted to have some um, farewell ceremony, I guess, or something. He just wanted to hold you. He, he really enjoyed your presence. I thought there, gonna, there was going to be like bunting and streamers and <laughs> confetti, like a ticket parade. But I guess I just ruined that plan. Yeah, you wouldn't even, uh, but you up. wouldn't even get out of the car and like shake their hand. You just stayed in the car. I was sleeping in the car. <laughs> it's not like I was sitting in the car, like staring forward out the windshield like putty. Steele said you gave him the finger while we were driving away. I might have done that. <laughs> um, Mr. Spring Break. Yeah, you know, I actually did know that he died because I saw Steele posted a Facebook post about it. I think I posted True. like a rest in peace or something mm-hmm. comment. Um. What was the deal? That guy was one of the one of the many colorful characters who was on From the Ville. What, what was, was the deal, deal with, with that m- guy? Mental illness. Yeah, but how did what was the connection? For? How did they know him? Oh, I don't know that. I, mean, I, I listened to those episodes. It's been a while, but uh, I know they they consider just super normal that like some weirdo that like just harasses people in Daytona Beach in Spring Break. They're like, oh, we know this guy. He's gonna come on the show. Was he a homeless guy? He pretty much. But there was a connection, though. I don't know if one of them went to college with him or... No, he was like 20 years older than them. Did they Did they work work together at like the a... I never had a job in like, <laughs> I just want to know, what did Martin like buy booze from him or something? I think they were on the beach in Florida, one of them, and just said, and met the guy and got his phone number somehow. That was my impression. Mr. Spring Break. I don't know. Mr. Yeah. Spring Break. I forget the Spring sto- Break's not going to be as good this guy. year. No, spring break is uh, definitely. There's going to be a, a bit of melancholy. Memorials. It's going to be a melancholic spring break for all you college kids out there because Mr. Spring Break's gone. Yeah. You know, I I should probably listen to those old episodes to find out about what happened. My favorite from the Ville character was that <laughs> just really sad, uh, like college former college roommate of Steele's that like uh, had his one of his balls removed and then he lost a leg in an accident. Didn't then, he die too? No, he didn't die. But he, uh, what happened to this guy? He had something happened to his balls. I don't know. He got like a, half his ball removed because of testicular cancer. And then he came home to the trailer that he lived in with his wife and uh, she was having sex with some guy that he knew that he was like a coworker of his. That but guy he, had two balls? That guy had two balls, and uh, he couldn't afford to leave because he had no money, so he had to sleep in the living room while this dude with two balls boned his wife, and then eventually the dude with two balls like beat the fuck out of him and like kicked him out of the trailer, and so he, I think he was living in his car for a while, and he was drinking a lot, and then he ended up just getting hit by a truck, but he didn't die. He just lost his legs. Now he has one ball, and he lost his leg. Hmm. And he was on the show and like giving this like this really just melancholic tale about this. And he was by far my favorite. Uh, I think he got arrested too for mm. drinking and I driving. I just like Mooner. 
Oh yeah, Mooner's great. <laughs> I went to college, or I went to high school. I think school they did have guy. another guest or fan of the show or both that did die though. That had cancer or something. It might, maybe it wasn't, but uh, and and Dougie, you can't forget Dougie. That was a great character too. Dougie's too easy. That's like saying, "Oh, who's your favorite Seinfeld carrier character?" I like Kramer. Like, shut the fuck up. I can't say Dougie. <laughs> uh, classic show though. Mr. Spring Break is great too, and and I'm sure he'll be missed. And uh, yeah, Spring Break's not going to be the same. Maybe ever. Won't. ever. Well, maybe next year. <laughs> maybe next year. Maybe they're going to like. They're going to. You know, we were talking about reboots earlier. They're going to have to reboot Mr. Spring Break. Have to find a new character or something. Yeah. Um, the second story here came in from uh, Jeremy. It's a breakup story. Sub D, sub Wapker. This is uh, Jeremy from New York again. I'm the guy that jerked off in the cat's face a while back. Remember that guy? Um, yeah. I was just calling back in because I heard you haven't had any uh, good breakup calls recently, so I wanted to tell you one that happened to me. I was with um, my girl, I hadn't seen her in a little while, and we were making sex stuff to each other, right? Making love. And I have my finger inside of her, and I feel like this weird thing, like pushing back on the end of my fingernail. I think he meant vagina, like he was fingering her, and uh, he felt something weird. You know, uh, I've had that happen too. And there's a lot of, there's, there's numerous things that there's a lot of variables of vaginas because it could be a lot of things in there. You know <laughs> it could what I'm saying? be a lot of natural things and it could be a lot of unnatural things. It could be a natural thing. It could be an IUD. It could be uh, a uh, medicated sponge. There's a lot of things that can go in vaginas. Medicated sponge. Yeah, a sponge. That, uh, it's a contraceptive sponge, Wackerly. Contraceptive sponge I've heard about. Spermicidal sponge. Medicated. I've never heard it referred to as medicated. I just said medicated because I, didn't, I forgot that it's called a contraceptive <laughs> sponge. <laughs> but if there's, it's still medicated. There's spermicide on it. I guess that's a medicine. Yeah. That kills things. It kills sperm. So yeah. there's a lot of things. That's what I'm saying. When you're like putting your fingers in a vagina. But like an old forgotten tampon. Same thing with old forgotten condom. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, there could be a condom that slipped off that's been in there for a month. So could I, be uh, a gerbil's foot. One <laughs> of those little rabbit keychains. It's good luck if you find one of those. Like every time I go like deep up with my uh, fingers, right? Like there's this weird filmy. How far are you going in there, dude? Are you like giving her like a gynecological exam? Well, plus you don't want to like, you don't want to like steal the thunder of your penis. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the thing. I think I think the only she's just guy... like no, just finger me, just just finger me. Your cock is really small, but your we... finger is super large. Yeah, exactly. That's usually when you have you have to overcompensate for you know because your cock is so small. So you like finger and get her off with the fan. That's how lesbians do it usually. They don't I mean, use their cock. Well, no, it's like uh, they're into fingering because you can get a girl off with your fingers. Plus, they but don't have like, a cock. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking this reason. guy, what happens, this guy probably prematurely ejaculated. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, I got to get her off with my fingers. She hmm. didn't get off yet. All right. Okay. Fucking thing. Like, I'm feeling all this resistance. So I, you know, I double down. I reach up in with both fingers as far as I can go and, and get a hold of it. And I pull out a condom that ah. is decidedly not my condom. And I just stare at it for... Wait a second. It's like camo or something. 
or a magnum. <laughs> He's like, That's, this is way too long to be my condom. Like, how would you know? It's been a long time since I've used condoms, but I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like, unless it was like a weird color. Or if it was ribbed or a French tickler or something. Like one of those weird lambskin ones. <laughs> I always use Durex extra sensitive, so I would know. But if you just looked at a condom that wasn't in the package, could you tell the difference between a Durex and a Trojan? Depends. What if it's colored? Like if it's like a blue condom or something. I don't well, that's usually... what I said, yeah. I guess if it's a but color most condoms condom. are the same color, just your standard condom. I would know if it's a Magnum. I mean, I'd be like, wow, that's okay. That's way too large. Yeah. I could well, fit like, everything that's mine. in there. I'd be like, if it's a small one, I'd be like, oh, this can't be mine. Yeah. That doesn't fit on my dick. <laughs> so I, like, I stopped fingering her and I just have this fucking jizz catcher in my hand. I'm looking at it. Is that and the girl for an goes, uh... <laughs> Actually, I think that was the working title for Foxcatcher. Oh, but then uh, he decided, Fox. you know what? I think we should probably, probably not super marketable jizz I don't, catcher. I don't think we're going to win an Oscar with a name like jizz catcher. However, the, the gay porn version of Fox catcher is called jizz catcher for sure. The girl goes, you know what, what's going on? You know, she doesn't, she doesn't understand why I've stopped yet. And I hold it up and I say, this was inside you. And she says, gross. <laughs> And that's when my brain kind of realizes, wow, yeah, that is pretty fucking gross. Maybe you shouldn't be holding on to this anymore. So I run to the bathroom, I throw that in the toilet, I flush it, um, and then I walk into my kitchen and there's a... Wait a second. You went to the bathroom, you throw it out and flush it, you wash your hands? Is that the first thing you would do? Maybe this is an abridged narrative. Yeah, possibly. Bottle of Jack Daniels there, so I grabbed that and I started drinking it, and she left. Uh, without saying a word, and that's the last I've ever seen of her. So that's my breakup story, and uh, D, you're gay or something. Peace out. Hmm. Well, you know what's interesting about this story? Did he explain, like, how long they were dating? No, but that would be interesting to know. It'd also be funny if, like, he was like, on second thought, that was my condom. <laughs> You realize that like a couple days later. Blue ones when you were drunk on New Year's Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Just remembered. If this was just a girl that he'd been dating for a couple months, she's after that condom incident, she left awkward. Then they forgot about each other. I can understand that. But if it had been like a girl he'd been seeing for like two years, and so she had been cheating on him. Yeah, and then they just—that's just weird. I mean, then not to even have a discussion about it. I do like her I don't know. response. Cheating though. is pretty bad. Like people get have extre- extreme responses to cheating, especially to evidence of cheating. Yeah, but she didn't even hard, try hard to. Evidence. She didn't even try to offer a rebuttal. Like, uh, oh, you know, I just accidentally shoved that up there. <laughs> or, or what if you had been dating for two years and she tried to convince you that it had actually been in there for three years? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's before we even started going out. You remember that one night? Like, uh, it was uh, Tom's party. We ended up going back, and the only condom I had was this blue condom. And Yeah, that was before we were even dating. We were just friends. Babe, that was like three and a half years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. 
I, you know, I don't know. I mean, what? You get a caller a gynecologist and be like, have you really been in there <laughs> these past three years? Well, you'd think this dude, I think, is a gynecologist who shoves her fingers that far up in there. I know. He's got like some kind of like a leverage device where he's like hanging from the ceiling. I mean, I feel like, is he using... Um, Iron Man's power gloves? Yeah. Or what's that tool that's pries it open? What is that thing I'm thinking a of? A speculum. A speculum. Like, I bet you this guy has vaginal inspection tools. It's going some in there. Probably into that. Oh, this guy's obviously into it. <laughs> well, I know you know some guys are into it. That's <laughs> I can understand playing with the outside and everything, but once you start going really far in there like that, right. maybe he's into fisting, exploring the womb. I do. I do love her response to this whole thing. Like, gross. Just leaving. Yeah, oh. that is gross. I like just leaving too. Yeah, she just leaves without. I mean, what? Bye. I guess I can understand that. What are you going to say? I mean, she didn't even try to offer a rebuttal. She's like, I'm out. Peace. Right. Mr. Finger um, Man. Yeah, enjoy the condom. It's a great breakup story. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, final story, uh, or final call here is um, a shit story. It's been a while. So um, let's roll the theme music. Here's the jingle for the sick and wrong bit. Come gather around. It's all about shit. Yeah! Hey, D. Hey, Lance. It's Buddy the Baker. Um, uh, sorry. Okay, I have, it's a shit story. Don't you love the uh, cast of characters that we have? Like, you know, From the Ville's got like Dougie, Mr. Spring Break, Mooner. We have Buddy the Baker. The thing is that I would actually like to know a baker because you could go and get like really good bread and bagels or something, cakes. Cookies. Just from the the few seconds you've heard of this phone call, would you buy any of the stuff that this guy bakes for you? Yeah, of course. If this, if this guy baked you something and sent it to you, would you eat it? No, no I want it fresh is the point. I want him to like work at the bakery <laughs> down the street so I could be like, hey, dude, hook me up with that focaccia. I can, you know, just listening to this guy right now, I think he's a candidate for jizzing in food. <laughs> Do you know any chefs or people who work with food? They all sound like this or some variation. Wow. Wait till you hear the rest of this call. Okay. So, one time, when I, this is back when I was younger. Um, I think I was maybe 13 or 14. Uh, I was in my backyard, and we had this old ping pong table. And me and my buddy were playing ping pong because, oh, fuck it, why not? And um, <laughs> my little not? brother came over, and he said, hey, can I play? And, I, and we, we said, no. So he gets really pissed off and storms off. And we just keep playing, thinking nothing about it. I know it's summertime in Texas, and it's just fucking hot. So we're not we're not wearing shirts during this. Then all of a sudden, uh, you just hear a shout. We kind of like look around, and then my buddy goes, "What the fuck?" And um, it turns out uh, he turns around, and there's shit all over his back. <laughs> now what had happened was my little brother had gone upstairs, uh, put it like a Ziploc bag over his hand, shit into his hand, gotten on the roof out of his window, aimed it at my buddy, and threw the he kept the plastic bag on, but he threw his shit and nailed him in the back. <laughs> wow! It's a sweet now method. it being humid and hot here, this thing stunk like a motherfucker. And that's how my buddy got hit in the back with a bunch of shit from my little brother. Um, really likes love the podcast. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. 
Wow. Huge yeah. fan of ping pong. Now that's a vengeful, that's a vengeful brother there. I could see doing that, uh, like if my brother wouldn't let me play like Super Mario or something. You would go remember shit in your like, hand and go throw it at your brother? <laughs> you remember how mad you would get? Because it was like your turn and you'd been playing and like Jeffrey had been playing it for like six hours straight and you just wanted to play it? No, my brother did that all the time. I would just go read a book or something. Oh, well, la-di-da. <laughs> I'm not saying I did throw my shit at my brother, but like that's how mad I would get. I wouldn't, do, I wouldn't really care about ping pong. I'd be like, well, I'll just go do something else. I'll just go jack off to that playboy half stashed in a log <laughs> in the woods you gotta admire though this kid's dedication like he not only shit in his hand he climbed to the roof and just threw the whole bag of shit all over this guy i wonder I if he's aiming for the friend or his brother <laughs> <laughs> okay what would you do if you were the friend and you got shit all over your back go home take a shower you wouldn't beat you wouldn't beat the shit more shit out of this kid you can't beat up your friend's little brother. What world do oh, you live in? Oh, I would in? be wiping it all over his face. You wouldn't do that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it depends the proximity of the parents. You know you're going to get told on. And then the dad's going to come out and like talk you to your You have feces. Parents. Someone else's feces on your back. Okay, tough guy. What would you do? I, I'm just <laughs> saying, I would, be, I would go into Liam, Liam Neeson mode. I would pretend like he had taken my daughter. <laughs> next thing you know there would be shit like i would at least wipe his face up you know i'd wipe it on him like that there's no way i would let the kid get away with that i mean that that that's just yeah that's that's an atrocity it's an excuse i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm past the time of my life where people are throwing shit at me yeah I ne you know it never really occurred to me but like what what would you do like if you're in the tenderloin you're walking to a bar and some homeless guy just throws feces on you could happen Go home and take a shower. You wouldn't accost, like verbally accost the guy? You wouldn't verbally say Verbally accost the guy. Yeah, <laughs> i do that. I didn't even know that, that counted as something. <laughs> no, man, what would, I'm just saying. I can't believe you did that, good sir. <laughs> I'm going to home shower what, Okay, what is the socially acceptable reaction to having feces thrown on you? Like, what do you do? I mean... I think you're implying that there's something you could do to make it better and you just have to accept there's not. I mean, a guy, a homeless guy just threw shit at you. I'm sure he didn't use a plastic bag, by the way. <laughs> so he's got shit all over his hand. Are you going to go fight him? You're going to lose. I'm, this is open-ended. I'm just wondering, like, let's say no, you're walking. just go with, home. Just go home. So you're just walking go. with your wife to a restaurant. Maybe, maybe try and call the cops and be like, there's a guy who's throwing shit at people. Maybe you want to come apprehend him. <laughs> That's the socially acceptable thing. See, oh, th there's no winning. You, you just lost the game that day when you get shit thrown at you. I guess you just had a shitty day. There's nothing you can really do about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think my first inclination would be to to inflict some kind of harm on the guy, whether it be you, verbally or do? physically. What do, have, what do you have a throwing star in your pocket? It's just something. I would pull out nunchucks, and I would just have to get revenge. I mean, the guy just threw shit on me. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, that Tell never me how happened. That works out for you. I don't know. Would you would you get charged with assault if that happened? Of course. Or do you think the cop would be like, well, well maybe mutual combat? Yeah, I just wonder if the cop would be like, well, okay, I can kind of understand that. Yeah. Would you go into the bathroom of like the bar and shit into your own hand? <laughs> <laughs> you mean like eye for an eye type of thing? Yeah, it's the Jewish way. It is a Jewish Testament. way. Yeah, that's how we did. That's old school. That's old Torah. 
That's what you do. Eye for an eye. Throw shit on me, I throw shit on you. And then I uh, suck your baby's penis. (laughs) (laughs) All right, shit stories. We do love those. Uh, People, call into the Sick and Wrong Hotline. We appreciate your your input. We love your stories. 206-666-3846. iTunes, best way to listen to the show. Just go to iTunes, subscribe, rate, comment. We appreciate that. Helps us out. It really does. And it's an easy way to do it. It's an easy way to support the show. Um, you can also uh, interact with fans now on the Facebook page, our Sick and Wrong Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Podcast. Just a great way to get your, uh, meet more uh, listeners and just really interact with the Sick and Wrong listening community. Um, we also have Sick and Wrong merch, merch available at the Sick and Wrong store. Just go to sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store. You can support the show. You can buy a Sick and Wrong Quado Tea. You can get some t-shirts. We have a new t-shirt designs coming up soon. Thinking of having a competition for that. Um, but I haven't really flushed that out yet. So go to sickwrongpodcast.com slash store and uh, buy a t-shirt. Uh, Sick Wrong Song of the Week here came in from Drew. He says, here's one for you, D. Love the show. Keep it dick. Keep it dong. That's clever. He sent in, a, this is a great song, actually. I was impressed. Usually the songs we get are awful. Um, uh, however, this one impressed me. Oh, Bondage Up Yours by the band X-Ray Specs. Have uh, you ever heard that? No. You know that I'm band? i hip, though. Do you know that band? No. It's obscure. They're a uh, female punk band, but like a prototypical, this is a prototypical punk song, like of that 70s punk sound. But they're but they all female band. Uh, lead singer is polystyrene. And uh, the, the interesting thing about them is they actually had a saxophonist in the band. Which most fans don't. Bill Clinton. Most punk bands do not have do not use saxophones, so uh, they were uh, original. What about the boss? He has a saxophone. Not a punk band, rock band. What about Benny Hill? He's the punk rock of British comedy. I guess that was that. Yakety Sax is a punk song. That's a that's a punk song. Uh, Ska bands have saxophones. Also not punk, punk. but uh, that 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 was a subgenre. I'm going to say when punk broke out, like when it started becoming popular in the early 70s, this is one of the original punk bands. What about Jeff Tall? They have a flute. All right, Wackley, you're going off on a crazy <laughs> tangent here. I'm going to try to rein this in, but... I... Oh, really? Yeah, no, I was really interested about this weird punk band that nobody's ever heard of that has a saxophone. Great song. Oh, Bondage, Up Yours by uh, X-Ray Specs. We're on the show with that. People will be back next week with uh, episode 472. I hope your favorite film wins the Oscar. They can't we'll all see. win, though. You have to be a good loser. It's going to be Birdman, I'm telling you. No, Birdman's I agree. Gonna sweep. I, it's not my favorite film, but it will win everything. It's going to sweep. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Until then, take it sleazy. Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard, but I think... Oh, bondage! Up yours! One, two, three, four!
Simon Play Something Dancy is a fantastic book. I only wish that you would put it on or figure out how to get it on the Google Play Store so that I can have it on my phone and read it and quote from it to my friends whenever I wanted to. Lance Wackerly, fuck you, you little bitch. You and your girlfriend not showing up for episodes and shit. Ain't nobody happy with that. The reason we tune in is to get both of you. Would I just listen to D. Simon? Yeah, I would. But we can't call it sick and wrong if it's just D. Simon. It has to be D. Simon, Lance Wackerly. Lance Wackerly, D. Simon. If Lance Wackerly is gone, we don't have a sick and wrong. We have to come up with just sick or just wrong. And everybody wants sick and wrong, not just sick, not just wrong. So let's get our shit together and not let women rule our lives. Once again, I'd love to have play something dancy on my phone. Let's get that going. Google Play Store so I can buy it because I don't want to buy it nowhere else. I already listened to the goddamn shit on iTunes. So let's get this shit together here, guys. This is Toothless Toby. Blech.